Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another awesome episode of the Biff Bites Podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Mee, joined by my two faithful co-hosts, Mr. Adam Shear and Mr. Mike Long. How's it going, gents? Hey, Jerry. <laughs> uh, and I apologize if I sound like I have a frog in my throat. It is uh, that time of year, after all. The uh, you know CFP board November exam is in the bag, and flu season is starting up. <laughs> Jerry, oh, you're, you are a C- true CFP trooper. Yeah, <laughs> I do what I can. You know, got to be there for the students. Um, the exam cycle ended two days ago, so we are right on the heels. It'll be about a week by the time this episode comes out. Actually, a little less than a week um, by the time this episode comes out. But we just wanted to do a little episode with the three of us together to, uh, you know, give some some friendly advice to some of our listeners who maybe weren't so successful with their exam attempts this cycle. Do you guys get anxiety during exam that exam week? I do. I'm just so nervous for students. I want them to do so well that I actually feel anxious Hmm. like the, the entire week. Cause, and it's all bunched up at the end, right? Very few sit in the early days and they come in on the last couple of days. So it, it doesn't go away until the cycle actually closes. And, you know, and then there's that, uh, remember the old uh, what was the old ABC thing? The thrill of victory and the agony of defeat thing. That da 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 da. da. <laughs> yep. You guys are probably too young for that, but there was some very specific music they played at the beginning, and and so you know some are going through both ends of that, and it's just like it's just it's stressful. <laughs> yeah, I feel that, Mike. It's it's a really bittersweet time, is the way I always think about it. That we get to celebrate and and uh you know cheer for the students that have passed but we with every cycle um you you have at least you know 30 35 percent of people that aren't making the cut um so it's it's always tough always tough to to get through that yeah but i mean we talk throughout the cycle day to day and it's you know you figure it's a six hour exam, people starting at eight, we start checking out our inbox to see how people are doing around two o'clock Eastern, right? Yeah. Any results coming in, checking the phone, anyone calling. Um, But I think one of the the tougher things uh, for, for the students, right. And, and, And for us too, is to see them not reach it on their attempt and then try to pick up the pieces and come up with a plan to go forward. So um really glad we got this, this conversation happening. Hopefully that helps some people out there that are in that, in that position. Yeah. yeah. Cause you go through that. What should I do now? You, you, you know, and if, and if I'm going to get right back in the saddle, should I just start right away? I mean, those are just very natural. I just also wanted to add, no matter whom you worked with um, in your review, let them know how you did, mm-hmm. um, it, you know, because they, they want to know they, 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 they want to know. And sometimes people just kind of disappear and they never know how you did. And, and we find out both ways later, maybe we find out, Oh yeah, I passed. And, and, and then others know I didn't pass. And just so your provider really wants to know how you did, if you could just shoot them an email or something. It stings getting ghosted. <laughs> Mike oh, doesn't yeah. get ghosted. <laughs> Yeah, yeah I, so. I'd say 
and and especially for those out there that are doing one-on-one tutoring mm-hmm. um definitely let your your mentor <laughs> i've had that a few times like i've, I've, I've had that too these, you know i'll spend tens of hours <laughs> one-on-one with a student and then nothing <laughs> like, and then they're gone. like you're hot <laughs> And then, and then you just happen to see them, you know, post something to LinkedIn and you're like, oh, they did get their marks. Okay, right. cool. <laughs> yeah, good on you. <laughs> so, but, but yeah, you know, I know some people are hurting right now and we, we just, you know, I thought that was just a good idea, you guys, to have an episode for this. So, yeah, because I think, I think it is important, like Adam said, you know, 35% is the national fail rate. Um, so it's important to realize that, you know, if you weren't successful in your attempt, you're not alone because that's a huge psychological thing that happens every single cycle is the people who pass the exam are the first ones to tell you about it. You know, they're the first ones to rush to the forum. They're the first ones to post in our, you know, uh, we have a Slack for our students for all our students are in. So, you know, people, and it gives you this perception that everyone passed and you're the only one who failed. And that's, that's not the case. It's just, you know, it, it's just a psychological thing where it seems like it is just because the people who are the ones passing are the ones who are the loudest. Um, but yeah. that, that doesn't mean you're alone in there. Yeah. And you know, what? a really telling uh, number to monitor, right. Is if you go to the CFP board forum, you have, you know, all the passers flooding in there during exam week and then shortly after, you know, passed with provider A, B or C or or BIF. Right. Mm-hmm. And and that's great. But there are some some brave people that didn't make the cut that rushed there, too, and are like, hey, I, I failed. Anyone have any tips on where to where to pick up the pieces? And you look at the views on those and people are looking for that. I, I think the there's so much celebration that happens out there that's well-deserved, but there are also a lot of people out there that, that don't have that to look to. And I, I really think what I hear commonly from a lot of providers is, yeah, pick it up and get your retake and then you got to work the process again. And, and that's what I, want, I was hoping to lead with is, does that, does that work by itself? Yeah. Just getting hopping right back in and cracking the books again and just going through the routine. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think? I disagree with it being the golden rule, you know, that, oh, absolutely. You have to do it that way. I have never believed that. Um, and, and, and one of the comments I've gotten a lot over the years is I have to do it right away or I'll forget everything. Mm. And it, it, even even people that that passed don't remember a lot of this for very long. It's got to be triggered. And, and I always just say the foundation's there. It's there and it will wake back up. Even though you, you know, six weeks from now, you might not be able to recite the, all the things you could mm-hmm. uh, right at the end of your review period, but it will wake up again whenever, whatever cycle down the road becomes the right cycle that foundation will wake up and and you'll sharpen it again. So don't ever feel pressure that it has to be immediate. I don't care what your provider says. It does not have to be immediate. You need to look at your own life, your own business, your own uh, well-being and say, okay, what fits? What fits? And Mm. then plan accordingly. But don't think it automatically has to be the very next one. That's that's just my... Yeah. 
that the, that's exactly where I tell students that they need to do some soul searching and really importantly, you need to be honest with yourself about why you failed. You know, you really, really have to dig deep and think about, you know, was this internal factors? Was this external factors? Because I have told plenty of students over the years to, uh, you know, just sit right again because of the situations, you know, uh, th just this cycle, I had a student where the fire alarm went off in the middle of their test. And, you know, that threw them off. But with CFP boards, letting them take the exam again for free, you know, that's an individual that I would say, it's like, yeah, go and take the exam. You didn't really get a fair shot at it. Um, other students, you know, maybe they just had the worst day, you know, they got a flat tire on the way to the exam center site, you know, um, things were overcrowded, they, you know, whatever, they just had a bad day, but they really felt like they know the information, they really felt like they could do this, then yeah, that's another student that I would say, okay, get back on the horse. Um, other students, you know, be look at your grades and be honest with yourself with your grades. You know, if you look at your your score report and you have one or two reds and they're, you know, just slightly in the red and everything else is in the green, then yeah, I would say, hey, it looks like you maybe missed this by just a couple of questions and, you know, spending another couple months studying, you can easily get over that hurdle and, and pass again. Yes, you're someone who who I would recommend should, should hop right back on the horse and, and take it again. But if you look at your scores and you're deep in the red in several sections, if you sat for the exam and you honestly were looking through that exam saying, man, this looks like it's in a different language. I don't even know what half of these questions are. Um, you know, if you sat for the exam and you ran out of time, you didn't even finish the exam because, you know, you still need to work on those test taking skills. Those are the people that I would recommend should really, you know, take a step back and think about uh, pausing for a cycle to really prepare so that they get the most out of their next attempt. Mm -hmm. That's good advice. Yeah, absolutely, Jerry. And I think you you bring another point up in sharing all that is that, yes, this depends on your knowledge and application of the material, right? We can all agree on that. You, you got to know your stuff, but there are so many other variables out there that can throw you off on, on exam day. And I mean, I'm sure with us having done this for years, guys, you've heard your fair share. I mean, I could, I could start rattling them off, but a couple that come to mind immediately are, oh, I didn't, I, I thought that I can go grab a lunch. Mm -hmm. So I went, I went to the nearest fast food place and I sat down and I had my lunch. And when I got back, the clock had already started. I was 25 minutes deep. Mm -hmm. All right. So that's like a very, that's going to, going to sink you unless you did, yep. you know, an A plus uh, the whole way through. But I've also had people, young kids, my kid was sick. I was up all night. I started feeling anxious. I went in there exhausted. Um, you have people that, that just carry test anxiety with them into the space. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I just think yeah. they're that introspective piece of this that you guys brought up, it, it's so critical to plotting the next steps. Because if, if you're not taking a moment to say, all right, was that something controllable? Was that out of my control? And, and just being really honest with yourself, did I really do my part leading up to this? Do I feel like that was my best attempt on exam day? Uh, and, and also looking ahead, how did the next four months look for me? Yeah, I mean, that's right. Yep. What's forthcoming? Is there some major life event uh, yeah. happening 
from childbirth or adoption or uh, a major move, you're moving to uh, a new state, Jerry, yeah. uh, you, you yeah. know, you've got what's happening. Are you going to change firms? Or, I mean, all of that stuff is, that's going to be tough to make another run at that when you've got a major life change happening. Yeah. And, the, and even just seasonal things like, do you do taxes? You probably don't want to take the March exam because you <laughs> yeah. don't want to be stacking the CFP <laughs> on top of your busiest season. So yeah. that's the next biggest question is, you know, once you decide, yes, I, I want to go for it again versus, you know, I want to postpone now look at, you know, okay, can I actually even physically take this test again and not lose my mind? Mm-hmm. Um, also a, another thing I hear from students all the time is, is, you know, spouses and significant others, you know, oh yeah, mm-hmm. I've had quite a few students over the years tell me how this exam has put a strain on their relationship oh, yeah. because, you know, they can't spend time with their family or their significant others because they're studying all the time. If you are, you know, three, three tests deep, you're thinking about, you know, sitting for the exam again check in with your partner and, you know, see how they're doing because it's just as hard on them as it is for us. Yeah, that's, that's a great point. I'm also interested in you guys' thoughts on, um, you know, I've been highly critical of CFP Ward in, in the feedback that they give a candidate and that feedback mm. has changed over the years. I, I'm not a big fan of the red and green bar and the dots. Um, that you can, there's, there's some revealing things in there. Years ago, you know, every topic has a number. Mm-hmm. Uh, they used to actually, they used in the report, they used to actually tell the student like what number, what number topic oh. they were deficient in across mm-hmm. across every number. Um, now it's just the the green and red bar. But the longer that's been around, I, I think I've learned to work with it. But where that dot plots on the line. Uh, I think is really critical. Is it, you know, deep in the green to the right or deep in the red to the left? I think that can influence what the next step ought to be. How do you guys look at that and counsel with that based on the, on the graph they get? Yeah, I, I, uh, I, I take it just as a snapshot of that exam and how they performed on that exam. Mm -hmm. And if they're sitting for the next exam, what I'll often say is, okay, we're going to put a couple more study weights on those topics, but we're going to study everything again. Yeah. Uh, because I, I, I know we've talked about this in the past on, on debriefs, but you have those students that say, well, I got all the greens locked up. I know it. I just need to focus on investment planning and retirement planning this go round. And then they sit again and it just, it's the mirror image, right? Right. <laughs> it yep. flips yep. because they didn't do a comprehensive review of, of, of everything. And you're not going to, you're just not going to get the same exam that you did mm-hmm. the time prior. It's just, it's set up that way. You're, you're not going to sit and see the exact same questions. Um, and I know we've had students come through that, that don't pass and then, are like, I, I know I have to study this topic. I know I have to study that topic. And the truth is you got to study, you got to study it all. You, you yeah. need to be prepared all around. But how about for you, Jerry? What do you do with that feedback? Yeah, same, very, very similar. You know, use that as, you know, the extra weights, but still study it all. Um, for me, I, I use it as just kind of a 50,000 foot view of mm-hmm. how prepared that student really was. 
because, you know, there are plenty of times where students think one thing and then the reality ends up being different, you know, oh, I know this stuff cold, but when I went into the exam, they didn't test me on anything. I studied. It's like I took an entire different set uh, tests and I have to say it's like, I mean, did they really, you know, it, it the, yes, there are a lot of topics and yes, it, it's a toss up about what topics you get tested on, but if you saw nothing on your test that you studied for, that tells me you probably didn't study very much or somehow studied, you know, <laughs> different textbooks or or something because yeah. you, it's it's just not possible for it, for it to not line up at all. There has to be something else going on there. And, you know, if I look at someone's scores and they say that, oh, yeah, I know this stuff cold and they're getting deep in the reds on numerous sections you know, you just got to do some some tough love there and tell them, like, you, you don't know this stuff. You really need to study more. You need to take this more seriously because that's another thing is, you know, I've had students who go into this treating it like the Series 7 where like, oh, yeah, I can study for like a couple weekends and I'll be good. You know, oh, I'm, I'm, you know, going on a family vacation to Europe. Mm-hmm. Uh, like, oh, I have this business meeting. Uh, oh, I have this really important client that I need to focus on. And they just they don't take this exam seriously and then they get those test results. And I, I hope those test results end up being a wake up call for them that they do need to take the test more seriously. Yeah. I look at the, the plotting uh, on the, on the red side and really how closely clustered things are to the midline. Mm -hmm. Uh, A lot of folks will be just barely in the green and then deep in the red on one or two. Yep. And, and it just sinks you if you don't really nail the best subjects. And that's why you have to study them all. You may feel like, you know, you, you really are great at investments or taxes or whatever. Great. Well, study them just as hard this time and push that green all the way to the right. And it can pull you up on some things that you're not so strong on. But I look at it if you have deep in the red that there's more going on than just a bad day. Yeah, that maybe there's some weaknesses just in the foundation knowledge mm-hmm. and and more needs to be done. It's not just looking at the same material. It's it's not just working more QBank, uh, which is one of the most fatal mistakes I see on retake is just the next time around just living in the QBank, mm-hmm. uh, particularly clustered around what, what one thinks they're weakest in. That almost always results in another fail. Right. But if, if, if one is deep in the red, I think I think there's academic mm-hmm. uh, deficiencies there on 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 those topics and and that for me creates pause of should I do something in between before I before I take another run at CFP what could I do to shore up the academic side of this because I clearly don't have a great foundation yeah. so how do you guys feel about that of maybe going and doing something else next mm-hmm. and then coming back to CFP have you counseled that before Oh, definitely. And I think that's really important is, you know, if, if you're in that camp, you're being honest with yourself, you know, you, you realize that, Hey, I just don't know this, this information. I, you know, maybe you're a career changer. You just don't have enough industry experience or you're fresh out of college and you just don't have enough industry experience. Um, I definitely recommend some students who fall into that camp to take a cycle or two off of the CFP. I know it hurts. It feels like you're putting your career on hold, but I promise you, you're not. And getting some real world experience first, um, you know, learning about how IRAs were dealing basic transactions with clients, getting that real world hands on experience with this material 
to really start to understand how it all fits together. And then, you know, depending on how much of a break they want to take in between uh, exam uh, attempts is, you know, maybe look at one of those, you know, mini designations, one of those smaller, easier to get designations, because a lot of overlap is in those topics. And you can, you can kind of kill two birds with one stone. You can get another designation to get those letters for your business card and, you know, keep your boss happy while at the same time, you know, more or less studying for the CFP exam um, without actually studying for the CFP exam. Certainly. And, and sorry, I got to do it again, guys, but I'll give you a little tax tip for those of you. (laughs) I can't resist for those of you that, that really struggled through tax a um, couple of things. Tax finds its way to all of the other domains in, in some smaller ways, but some pretty significant ways. And if you're writing questions, writing a question to the tax impact of something is A, important in real life, and B, is, is just it's easy to write those questions, right? Mm-hmm. But if, you are, if you're looking for something to do on an off cycle, and let's say you want to take a break from well, March now, and you want to go for July, uh, there are, let, let's let's say there is a very big tax preparation corporation that has a training course uh, that you can enroll in because, because those bigger tax shops are looking to get uh, temporary employees, like part-time employees to work through tax season, preparing returns. And what they'll often do is they'll offer an introductory tax preparation course for individuals. And I've taken one of these and they're awesome. It goes into the nitty gritty. You get to see things differently than you would from a CFP text. But I, I use that often as an example of there are other ways that you can get really good experience that's really applied. And that's that's really the key here is that hmm. we're not just reading the internal revenue code. You're learning how things flow through to the 1040 in a very real way in a class that addresses just that. Yeah. And that's far more valuable than sitting there reading through, you know, uh, revenue procedure documents or, or, or doing like heavy research. It's all about the application. And um, yeah, I, I, I'm all for uh, short, you know, side, just taking a step to the side, getting a couple designations, getting good momentum, building confidence, broadening your, your, your knowledge base. Uh, right before we went live, we were talking about a couple of students that we worked with years ago who did just that. They had some unsuccessful attempts and then they, they, they are just stacking these designations up and they're feeling great about it. And you know, what's interesting is that I, I recently talked to one of them and they said, I don't even know if I ever really want to sit for the CFP again. Like I'm, I'm just having such a great time getting these new designations and learning and and it just feels good to to go through a class, earn the marks, keep growing as a professional and staying on my course. And and that's an option too. You know, you you don't have to go, it's not this way or the highway. There there are plenty of different routes to go. Yeah. And um I, I one of the folks we were talking about actually landed uh, uh a, a good job after uh going through some other designations and uh, are now getting into some of the more specialized specifically to the field uh, that they're in. So don't just, yeah, you're right. Just, there's not just, just one path. I took that tax course too. 
Yeah. And I had the same reaction. This is awesome because it's just all about the actual facts <laughs> return and the questions that come from the class and what do you do about this? What do you do about that? And the scenarios, yeah. you know, the CFP exam is so scenario driven. And uh, I never, I never then, you know, worked for them and filled out any taxes for them, but I did go through their, did go through their course. And I thought it, it really, really upped my comfort level with uh with income taxes yeah definitely so yeah you know if if you're going to take a cycle off or even two or three cycles look into those sorts of programs and and get that experience because remember this exam is designed for people with about three years of industry experience so especially if you're a, a newer to the industry career changer you know etc keep that in mind. You know, it, it just might not be your time right now. That doesn't mean it'll never be your time. It just means you need to, you know, take a, a sidestep and, and build up that experience. And guess what? You know, if you don't have the three years of experience, it doesn't matter when you take your test, you still got to wait those three years of experience before you can use the mark. So why not use that time on the front end to really study up and shore up your knowledge base so that the test is that much easier when you sit for it? Yeah. Hey, do we have time to um, just discuss briefly some of the uh, things we've seen success with, changes that, that yeah. folks have yeah. made if they're going to take? And then also, I threw out there living in the Q Bank is one of those almost always fatal yep. mistakes on, on a retake. Adam threw out one about only concentrating the studies in the areas that they they were weak and they didn't they didn't hold the line on the on the things they were in the green, but um, what other things have you witnessed uh, as being either potentially fatal or uh, just really within your heart felt made a difference for a student who had struggled with the exam? Uh, I mean, for me, the biggest one is people just lying to themselves. And I get it. It's a psychological defense mechanism, but a lot of students just aren't honest with themselves about why they failed. You know, they'd say, it's like, oh, I was, I was right there. You know, I, 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 could have got that test and I look at their scores I'm like no <laughs> no you could not you are deep in the red in numerous subjects you know you you weren't close and you know I had other other students who were like oh yeah it's fine you know I'm, I'm gonna I'm gonna study on the plane the number of times I've heard a student tell me yeah. that they were going on vacation in the middle of uh, in the middle of uh, the review, and it was gonna, they were just gonna work on the plane, or you know, they were gonna sit on the beach with their textbook. Or, that just doesn't happen. It, it it's just not a good study environment. You're gonna be distracted. You know, be honest with yourself. You know, if you're gonna do these things, think about postponing because you're you're setting yourself up for failure by by not taking this test seriously enough. So, well, you just threw out something I think real critical. If you think about what could I do differently. Uh, study environment. How how do you do it? Uh, a lot of yeah. folks try to study at the office, hundred percent. That's rough, man. That's rough when you're interrupted constantly. Yeah, uh, you know, either either uh, with taking client calls or if you have people that work for you and they're in and out. I think it's really hard to to try to do it right in the office, hundred percent. There's maybe some little things you can do. I had to do all of mine, hundred percent at the library, one hundred percent at the library. So I had nothing else to distract me except after I started wandering in the aisles looking at books, but that was more of a break, but I just had to be that focused and I could not do it at my office. Yeah. I mean, I, I have students, you know, I've had numerous students over the years, you know, take client calls while we're doing one-on-one -on -one tutoring. 
Wow. Just, you wow. know, you, you're, first of all, you're paying for this time. So you're, you know, you're, you're wasting your own, you know, expensive tutoring hour time, but also it's just, you're never going to learn this material if you're constantly being pulled away and being distracted. And I know in this industry, it's hard. You got to keep your clients happy. You got to maintain them, but you also need to set boundaries. You need to put dedicated time into this in order to be successful. Yeah. I, I have two that I like to throw into the, the ring here. So um, the, the first one is the, the step you take from the books to the actual exam. And it's something that we really emphasize in our program in the Biff Review. You can memorize the stuff in the books. I mean, inside and out. But what we coach our students on is expect to see different situations and use your core knowledge as the toolkit to solve it because you're not going to you're not going to see the same thing and i think a lot of students say well i'm prepared because because i got this score right i'm i'm ready cuz i got 80% of the q bank questions right mm -hmm. and they don't take that extra step to think about well how could this concept be tested in different ways um and and where could I see this being a good solution? And things break down because they get to the point of the question, they see something about a traditional IRA and deductions, and they start flooding their brain with all the facts because they're looking for the right fact to answer the question correctly. And they miss it entirely. That mm -hmm. the point of the question could be something different. And and it's just it it's very different from from and we 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 say this all the time from the series seven. I mean, I remember being across from the stock exchange in New York for my series seven class. And, uh, and the guy, the guy leading the class basically sharing with us. Yeah. I talked, I talked to the people that made the, the exam and yeah, there's some new questions. I got the questions. You're just going to have to review them. And, and it's that, it's that automatic in that space. <laughs> it does not work like that on the CFP exam. No, not at all. So, that's that's one thing is is that academic to application piece. But another one that I see quite often that that really troubles students, especially in investment planning, is I am I'm superimposing what I do over the question that's being asked. And yeah. then I'm getting frustrated that they're not giving me what I want to see rather than accepting the reality that sometimes you just got to pick the best of options that aren't all that spectacular. The, the yeah. name of the game here is to pick the best option. It might be the best option that sticks out mm -hmm. to you and is like clearly the best one. It could be like, like the brightest shining turd. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah. It, there could be a bunch of terrible <laughs> options. You have to pick, you have to pick the shiniest one. Yeah. I there's mean, no, it's, there's it really, no right in option. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, you can't write in. That's a good way to put it, Jerry. Yeah. <laughs> okay, that needs to go on the quote wall. Yeah. <laughs> the, the study quote wall. Pick the shiny. I want to add something too, with that I think has just been beautiful as 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 we've developed in the Biff Review is is evolving, and we promote this uh, and support this. Is I've seen getting involved in a small study group or with just a study friend really finally get some folks over the, over the hump, um, you know, and, and 
one in in particular comes to mind fourth time and the thing that changed was finally buddied up yeah had an accountability partner and had specific meetings and lo and behold next time crushed it so i just really really want you to consider getting involved with those but and nothing against the ones on cfp board but they're too darn big most of them and and it's just a lot of the time spent just trying to keep it organized. I'm talking about smaller groups. Yeah, I think like four is the sweet number from my experience. You know, keep mm-hmm. your groups to about three, four, maybe five people. And and that's kind and, of like and structure on what you're going to do. And, it, you know, someone kind of has to take a lead on that. But, um, you know, have a purpose, have a time, have a uh, an agenda. And, and I just think it's great. The synergism that happens with that in in both the energy and the accountability but also the depth of understanding of a topic because you know cfp attracts some pretty darn smart people mm-hmm. and, and so it's just like you can have those wow moments where someone's talking about how they interpret that element of a topic you're like wow i never would have thought of it that way so if you've never done that Mm-hmm. I really think that ought to be in your game plan for uh, for your next at, uh, attempt at this because I've seen great things happening with these study groups in 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 the Biff Review. Mm-hmm. Same, and and here are two two ideas right that we know work from a repeater that we we worked with uh, fairly recently. Have part of your agenda block a couple hours on the weekend. You and your study partner open up the Q bank. And you alternate who presents the question and speak out loud about how you're processing. Because yeah. having that study partner or the study group present for that, they're going to catch blind spots that you might have better than you could in your own mind. Yeah. Like, oh, oh, you missed you missed this key piece. That's that's the piece there. And it you get this really uh, powerful experience of a lot of people looking at the same question processing it maybe a little bit differently and then you can open up a great dialogue about it afterward yeah. um that's one thing to do and then as far as setting these up i think this is a little more challenging to land on but look for uh complementary experience right i'm i'm someone that's new in my career i want to partner up with someone with more experience i am someone that is very focused on investments I need that tax estate planning person to partner up with, you know, find someone else that has those complementary strengths. And what's going to happen is you're going to offer counsel on the investment stuff that you're an ASAT. And then the tax and estate planning person is going to be able to do the same. And you're both having that great opportunity of probably the, the, the strongest way to study, which is to teach, you yeah. teach each other. Right. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And there's the camaraderie of that, the friendships I've seen develop with that and the, and the support. Um, but, but then also, I mean, there's folks out there that are doing business together now mm-hmm. uh, as a result of, of studying together. There's, there are folks that have helped others uh, land a new position yeah, uh, because of meeting them through the CFP study uh, group with, within their, um, within that control group i agree with jerry keep it pretty small with that but but yeah that would be on my list of what have i not tried yet Mm -hmm. Uh, because i don't think it's about buying and going and buying another q bank uh you know and having materials from every provider i mean how are you going to work with all of that you're you're not 
-hmm. And it also keeps you off of a plan that stacked as it was designed. And Mm -hmm. that's true with any provider. You know, every provider has success. Uh, You know, everybody has people passing the exam, but their systems are designed to work in a specific way. And if you've got materials from everybody, then you're not following anybody's plan for success. And, and I think you need to think about that is have I really followed to a T how it's laid out with mm-hmm. my provider? Because that they've had success designing it the way they designed it. I know we do at Biff. Yeah. We, we have a high, high correlation of folks that did everything as we laid it out and the pass rate. It's just amazing when you start seeing the numbers come in yeah. and, and looking back at, did they follow exactly? So think about that uh, uh, as well. Yeah, definitely. So kind of rounding it off here, you know, I think first step everyone needs to take is be honest with yourself and figure out why you failed. Did you have a bad day? You know, did you eat something funky for breakfast? (laughs) Did, you know, the fire alarm go off in the middle of your test? Did you really know this and just external situations kept you from passing? Okay, hop back on the horse, do it again. Is there something else going on? You know, do you actually need to spend more time with this material? Do you really need to understand this better? You know, be honest with yourself and don't be afraid to tell yourself, hey, maybe I should take a cycle off. Mm-hmm. I think that's that's step number one. What do you guys think for, you know, both parties there, both those sitting for the exam and, and postponing, you know, what, what would be their next step after that? Yeah, I would, um, if you're going for it, and, and if you're not going for it, wrap your head around the fact that what you do needs to be different mm-hmm. in some way. All right. If you are heavily in the Q bank, consider getting some more foundational reading in place, note cards. If if you are reading too much, you need to apply. And we've heard it both both of those ways. I've had people yeah. that are just locked into the books. They don't even touch the Q banks and others that bypass the books altogether and they go right to the Q bank. But know that. That you you, you must challenge yourself to do something different because following the same pattern and doing the same things is going to yield the same result most times. Mm-hmm. Um, and sometimes, you know, the farther along you get with these retakes, you, you may want to consider a, a shift to another provider's materials because it might just be that the the style and it's just not connecting with you. <clears throat> I think that yeah. that's, that's totally fair, but um, you're going to have to, to, go into those those uncomfortable you know places where you're going to actually allow yourself to grow into into where you need to be mm-hmm. and the first step is how do i change what i did um to to more align with how i learn and to uh to get at where where my target is as far as my knowledge base and my ability to to read completely to answer with the best option right there's so many little variables but you got to switch something up rather than just saying well i'll just start reading again it's the same thing yeah and you know everybody else passes over here so there's something terribly wrong with me right yeah that's that's not the situation and i just uh, you know when this comes out well some days will have passed by the end of the cycle but you know every loss we experience 
needs to be grieved in 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 a healthy manner um, for for however each of us do that. But I've said this a lot to folks that the CFP marks, while desirable and nice to have, do not define us as as a person, as uh, a parent, mm-hmm. as a partner, or as a planner, because that's all in our hearts. The success with that all comes from our heart. So lift that burden as as you make your decisions to move forward, that pressure that I have to pass, I have to pass, I have to pass, because I'm nothing without the CFP. That has never been true. Uh, and it won't be even in passing. It's not true that it defines you. Um, so take that off your back and just say, I'm going to go give it my best, or I'm going to embrace not in approaching it again. But if I get involved, I'm going to go for it and know that no matter what, I still am an important person to others and to my clients. And I add value, uh, in all of those relationships. So don't beat yourself up, uh, any longer. If you still are, let it go, let it go. And, uh, you know, make some good decisions. And if you come our way to study with us, we're going to give you everything we have, no matter what attempt it is for you. We don't judge that. We just we just work every day with what do we need to do to help this person get over the bar. Mm-hmm. So, you know, as we head into the holidays, keep that in 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 mind. You, you know that this is this is not the the biggest thing in life. Good advice. So I, with that, I think that about kind of wraps this episode up. Uh, you know, if you were not successful with this exam, you know, our condolences, but hopefully this gave you some tips, some actionable advice that you can take to be successful next time. Um, you know, do some soul searching. That's really what it comes down to is this is kind of a lot of generic advice that we've given out. Not all of it's going to apply to every single person. So really look inside and see which of this advice is is going to be suitable for you uh what your course of action should be going forward you know are you going to jump right back on the horse and get back at it are you going to take a cycle or two off you know really really think about it so that you make the best decision for you agreed yeah great stuff guys i yeah feel better nice... jerry get better yeah. bro. <laughs> I'll do my best. Yeah, it's been, you know, Jerry Jerry gives it all. He, he leaves it all out on the court during CFP season and then he gets to the end and all of us are just so worn down by the time the cycle <laughs> the cycle ends because you're right Mike, it is we do get very invested in our students and you know, it definitely definitely hurts us just as much as it hurts them uh you know when they're not successful. So, you know, we're we're in that with you guys, you know, we're rooting for you. Or sharing in your successes and you know also your defeats so uh you know we want the best for everyone and that's why we we put this episode out is you know sometimes you just need a little bit of tough love too all right well thanks guys for setting this up yeah definitely uh that does it all uh for this week if you haven't had a chance yet make sure you head over to biffbites.com and vote in the snake draft series I was actually, uh, I was pretty adamant about you guys, but when I was chatting with a bunch of students afterwards, when they finished their test, they were like, oh yeah, 
now that I took my test, I'm going to go vote in the snake draft. I was waiting to see what I actually saw in my exam before I uh, by before I voted. So, oh, <laughs> hey, quite, quite a few students uh, told me that. So, I'm 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 looking forward. We'll probably close the polling on that. Uh, you know, in a week or two. Man, uh, people some I was really banking on the uninformed voters to put yeah. over the line. <laughs> <laughs> Dang it! Um, but yeah, if you have not voted yet in our oh, man. draft, vote for Adam, Mike, or myself. Uh, you know, tell us who you think uh, put together the strongest CFP All Star team. <laughs> All right, take care, you guys. Yeah, take um, care, Mike. See you, Jerry. Have a good one. Take it easy, everyone. Mm-hmm.